This is Speak the Speech, the podcast from Bell Shakespeare. Bell Shakespeare would like to acknowledge that this episode was recorded and produced on the lands of the Gadigal and Wangal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the lands. And we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Kaya ngan court karin kura bridia, kura kura bridia, ba bridia, yay, benang, ba benang, ba benang. Now, my co-mates and brothers in exile, hath not old custom made this life more sweet than that of painted pomp? Are not these woods more free from peril than the envious court? Here feel we not the penalty of Adam, the season's difference as the icy fang and churlish chiding of the winter's wind, which, when it bites and blows upon my body, even till I shrink with cold, I smile and say, This is no flattery. These are counsellors that feelingly persuade me what I am. Sweet are the uses of adversity, which, like the toad, ugly and venomous, wears yet a precious jewel in his head. And this, our life, exempt from public haunt, finds tongues in trees, books in the running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. Welcome to Speak the Speech, the podcast from Bell Shakespeare. I'm your host, James Evans, and that was Duke Senior from Act 2, Scene 1 of As You Like It, read by our guest this week. He is a Noongar man, an actor and director, and from 2009 to 2019, he was artistic director of the Yuriakan Theatre Company. He was the creative instigator of Hecate, the Noongar retelling of Macbeth, which premiered at the Perth Festival in 2020. His performance in that show won him Best Supporting Actor at the Performing Arts WA Awards. His directing credits include Honey Spot, Mother's Tongue, Carla Karajin, Skylab with Black Swan, The Cake Man with Belvoir, Sister Girl with the State Theatre Company of South Australia, King Hit, awarded WA's Best Production of 2015, and Iceland, a hip opera. He played Silvius in As You Like It for Deck Chair Theatre's Shakespeare in the Park, and he'll soon be appearing as Oberon in Bell Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. It's my great pleasure to welcome Kyle Morrison. Kyle, welcome to Speak the Speech. Thank you very much for having me, James. Kyle, it's great to have you here. What did you say just after my acknowledgement of country? Well, a kaya is a, is a yes and an acknowledgement. So, yes, I acknowledge or cut or court cutting from my heart i acknowledge uh, leaders that have passed ancient leaders mm. leaders of today tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow yes and that's that's one of um uh, kylie bracknell's translations from hecate isn't it yes yes that's benang right that ba was... benang ba benang tomorrow benang and tomorrow. ba benang ba benang yeah. and hecate actually says it as well when um uh, when she's talking about what 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 she needs to get out of out of out of the story that we're telling, so yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. become a, a bit of a favourite for for a lot of us. Um, and me and Kylie will 
you know, when we're doing stuff that 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 really means a lot because you know it's it's going to be for today and tomorrow and tomorrow mm. and tomorrow. You know, we're building <laughs> we're building cultural legacy. I think every time we every time we create these new works and every time we we step on the stage with Shakespeare, I think. So then, why Duke Senior? Why did you choose this bit from As You Like It? I know you love this play. You've done it before. You played Silvius. Mm-hmm. Why Duke Senior? I just love the 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 idea of of this great and powerful uh, noble figure. Um, realizing after spending some time just sitting and thinking, some time deep listening to country, you know, like it, it really does talk about this idea of deep listening and mm. and and connecting your eyes, your ears, your your smell to um, to the rest of the the, the the environment around you, and not being not being surrounded by by painted pomp yeah. and and you know the, the the envy of each other within within you know public spaces yeah, and, yeah. and I think it's 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 a beautiful piece and um the first time I heard it uh well as a performer live um, I was one of the one of the dukes sitting around um, a Perth acting legend named George Sheftsov as he gave this speech yeah right yeah. and and you could yeah. you could really hear that he's feeling the cold and and you can you know you can you can you can um see all the words that are that are that are written large within country in the trees in the stones like i just i've always loved that concept and mm. then you know he, he he can he can taste country and then in the next couple of lines he goes on to say let's kill some venison let's, let's yeah, get yeah, some meat now let's go get a deer which i, which <laughs> I think is is is, is hilarious yeah let's let's go and shoot a deer and let's get some meat and have have something to eat and he's conflicted about that, isn't he? Because he's like, well, yeah, let's go get some meat. But also, you know, this is their natural habitat. Why should we kill them? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and this is, it's it's all those layers that Shakespeare, that he's he he's an intruder in this land, which is his land, you know, because mm. being the Duke of all the land, but being usurped and yeah. then finding this peace outside of all that obligation but still finding a, a an obligation or or a or a synergy with with the local inhabitants being being the venison and mm. the deer and I just think it's 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 a wonderful character and it's a it's a it's a um it's a beautiful piece in that before they get in, rudely interrupted by Orlando with a knife yes that's right what I what I really love about this speech is that he talks about the cold mm. but that it's okay that it's cold that when this icy wind blows and bites on my body, it actually is telling me that I'm a human. It's actually persuading me that this is yeah. real. This is the truth. Yeah, I, I love that about this speech that that he talks about, you know, that these are counsellors, that these are information mm. systems for us. These are, these are, these are ways of learning and, and this is information and, and knowledge within the icy wind. Just, just closing his eyes and yeah. feeling the wind, he feels more like himself. He's... he's He's deep listening through his skin and through through the goosebumps even mm. like it's there's there's so much information that yep. that 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 we take for granted that just resides within the wind that resides within the rustle of the trees and the sound of you know water over rocks it's and also the 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 spirituality of the of the land around him he talks about feeling sermons in stones and and um and also the intellectual engagement of the world around him the books in running brooks that uh, that the land itself gives him all the intellectual and spiritual nourishment that he needs yeah absolutely i mean in in, in a nunga uh, philosophical or, or or cultural paradigm you know rivers and running brooks they are alive they are 
entities and and yeah. and you know they are they are considered people in 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 a way um so yeah. you know when when you can learn from a river because it, the river system and the brook system has so many different organisms and but they live together as one giant organism like we with our multi-billion cells that we have that all work interchangeably and and we yeah. are like a river ourselves and so when when you when you can understand how the river system works and how important it is to the health of everything there's 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 a there's a wealth of encyclopedias just within the brooks just within the small running water systems and that's that's something mm. that, that that we that I think a lot of you know um, pre technological uh, uh, or, or pre industrial uh, civilizations and knowledge systems yeah. really kind of hold um, really strong. And there's something about the running brooks and the water holding memory and 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 that water mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. you know one of the most fundamental elements for life itself. And and that there's yeah. there's learning within that. And and I, I just I think that. For an, for a character to come from the court, from running all of these you know extravagant galas and all of these smart people, mm-hmm. but to to still be able to sit and learn from the river is 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 one of the beautiful things about how Shakespeare takes these characters on journeys. Because I think yeah, that the the yeah. Duke, the usurping Duke, Duke also finds a level of mm. of of peace and and a level of understanding of deep deep listening as he as he you know ventures within the yeah eventually yeah, yeah. And, and, and towards the end of the play absolutely yeah. and what this speech then leads into is the seven ages of man speech which we know mm. is 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 such a, a you know a, an important part of 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 western culture and literature and and it's it's set up by talking about the person of nature um, which I think is really beautiful, and and one day I think there's a there's a version of as you like it sitting in my head that 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 I think we should talk about at some point. You well, you you love this part. I know you love this play a lot. Obviously, Macca's was your favorite. That was the the first one that you really wanted to wrap your head around. But I know you love yeah. as you like it as well. What is it specifically about this play that really excites you? That makes you go, okay, I want to go on a three or four year journey and do a deep dive into this play. Yeah, I, th- I think it is is the 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 difference really between how humans interact in that in that court environment or in that public arena as opposed mm. to how we are in our natural environment. It's yeah. it's also contains you know the most dialogue of any female character in Rosalind. Um, yeah, right. And and yeah. it just it, yeah. there's there's also some really interesting kind of gender politics which which is is yep. would be really fun to 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 explore and, and how that how mm. that would work I, I i have lots of ideas around it i think as you like it also talks to the commoners and talks to you know talk, here's from adam and here's from silvius and and mm. people that that aren't rich as as rosalind would say you know that they've, they've got poor hands but rich eyes as she says yeah, to touchstone right, right. at some point mm. when he's when, he, mm. when she's talking about you know what wealth do you have in the world and he's like i have nothing no wealth i've been to mm. a lot of places and i've experienced a lot of things so I yeah, think it talks, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot about, in a way, that 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 pre-colonial idea of of what is wealth and what what real knowledge and and what understanding each other can lead to, and and yeah, yeah, and and just the role playing within that as well. I think. Now, at the moment, you're in the middle of a Midsummer Night's Dream. You're having fun 
playing Oberon, the Fairy King, but then also mm. jumping in and playing Francis Flute, <laughs> one of the mechanicals, and enjoying putting on that play uh, with Bottom and the team. Now, what's it like when you've got two so such completely different characters that you have to play in one night? How do you approach something like that? I really had no idea how to approach this. I remember okay. <laughs> leading leading up to leading up to the play. I, I had an understanding of what of what I wanted to do with Oberon, and and, and an understanding of what a, a extra dimensional or a, or, a, or a spiritual figure within a, a bush environment or, or within a within a, a woodlands, you know, like where that sits within myself and how how to approach that. So I I, yeah. I think that one kind of really came naturally to me, and and I, and I really enjoy doing Oberon's monologues and I can't wait to do them for an audience. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 um, also in, uh, Duke Theseus, I, I had an understanding because as an, as an artistic director, you know, you, you've got this voice of authority within the company. You've got this leadership role. You're also, you know, yeah. uh, uh, resource management, people management. You kind of, yeah. you know, and, and and Theseus has to do people management within one scene and try and and keep people within his kingdom happy. And so I understood mm. that to a degree, and, and you know, I was able to kind of find that. I was really scared of playing flute, which was an actor playing yeah. an actor, and yeah. and I had no <laughs> idea how to, how to actually approach that. And, mm. and I think that really showed in our first couple of readings because uh, Peter Evans goes, well, I think we should start there for a day. And I'm like, oh, jeez, <laughs> have I read it that bad? But I just – I did not know how to approach it. It just it, – it's such a, a scary thing to kind of, you know, have built all this time and this energy into – these 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 higher status characters, these these mm. kings, these ultra masculine kind of lords and leaders, and this you know this this almost um, selfish um, uh, fairy king who gets his way, and then playing the lowest status in a yeah. a theatre troupe that then puts on a dress, you know that I ha that I um got to wear a dress, I mean had to wear a dress, and it, it's 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 it, it's it really did scare me, and I don't think I really mm. found where that landed and and how that character interacts and and what Thisbe is until like the third week of rehearsal and and it and it was really yeah, scary yeah. i i'm i'm not very funny so <laughs> oh Kyle please <laughs> you you're as funny as anyone i can tell you Kyle where does flute then sit in the world of the mechanicals this is going to sound really bad um and i'm probably going to get some hate for this but okay. I think, you know, basically, <laughs> flute is the dancer that has to do lines, and so the dancer. <laughs> so yes, I've, yeah. I've, I've yep. you know, I've worked with with um with actors that sometimes know their lines really really well, probably don't know how to tie their shoelaces all that great. So I found, <laughs> and and flute doesn't actually say very much. In, in, mm -hmm. in some of the scenes. He, he offers nothing in terms of any artistic ideas, any vision right. stuff, any, any <laughs> new thoughts, any, any devices. He just basically knows his lines. And so okay. I kind of approached it as somebody who just switches on as soon as it's, it's their line. So, mm -hmm. you know, there was one point where, 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 um, where Peter Evans came to me and says, Kyle, at one stage, uh, flute was, was a beat behind everybody. Now he's... Now he's really lost all intelligence. Can we? Can, no. And so I, I really was was having fun playing somebody that just is two beats behind everybody. When everybody's celebrating something, he's still trying to work out. Yeah, what, what's going what's on? Going what's on. going on? 
Although I got to tell you, what, what you what you find at the very end is actually quite moving. I know Pyramus and Thisbe's uh, lots of gags and it's silly and it's fun, but then all of a sudden at the end, there's this moment between Pyramus and Thisbe, between Bottom and Flute, where your your heart kind of goes out to them, where where Thisbe comes in and it seems genuinely distressed that uh, that Pyramus has died. What did you find in there? And that's what I really loved about the way that that, that Peter approached the, the the crafting of this scene was that we went mm. for it as serious as we could and we really created this like we are good actors doing good acting and these yes. words, uh, uh, you make them work, you make them work and you make them work within the world that we're creating and, mm. and so it was good that I didn't have to play a clown to do it, that I didn't have to try and be funny. That that the, that the situation and 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 the, the the events that have kind of rolled together to create these moments, you know, yeah. like let the words speak for themselves and and then play them for truth. I think we found a way of of accessing, you know, the the the, the drama of losing a loved one within mm. a pantomime, mm. while this this guy with you know with a beard and a, and a dress is 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 you know killing themselves on a sword and it's it's yeah. it's it's you know and also i will never get to play juliet i, I know there's probably time for me you know i'm only 39 i, I probably can play juliet at some stage but that's the closest <laughs> i'm gonna get is playing thisby i think and so being able to <laughs> really fun. enjoy that creation and those um moments and those monologues as as the reality of that world was was mm. was was a real pleasure as an actor and I really enjoy yeah. getting in that dress and, and doing those parts. It's, you know, when we were creating this show because we couldn't get to Orange, unfortunately, and hopefully um, we'll be able to get to Orange and to all the places that we've missed so far at some point. But mm. the, the plan was for us to then go to Orange to create this show and we were unable to do that. So, you know, um, creating yeah. this show yeah. in a, in a theatre in Chatswood almost felt like what the mechanicals did. We needed to just get a few miles out of out of the rocks. <laughs> and get, out of the, <laughs> get, get out of the city, go, go, into the wilderness. Of Chatswood, <laughs> I, I, I'd never been to Chatswood, so it was it was it was okay. it was fun. I didn't realize there was, you know, a city as you know, yeah, bigger than Perth, it, which sits on the outskirts of North mate, Sydney. It, it's a different world. There, there are two massive shopping malls there. It, it's huge. It's huge. It would have been um, great to perform there. It's a beautiful little theater, and I, I really enjoyed working theater. there. Um, the concourse, yeah, it is a beautiful. And it was the first time that I got to drive over the bridge. So you know, I, mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. driven in Sydney, so that was terrifying. But yeah. I got to drive up to Chatswood and. And drive home from there, and and you know pick up some of the cars. So there was a, a beautiful yeah. camaraderie about about what we were doing. Mm. And and the beautiful thing about this play is that we all play mechanicals, the whole crew. We mm. all play mechanicals. We yeah, all play fairies. Yep. We yep. all play mm. um, uh, parts in the court. And it just, mm. it's such a, a beautiful ensemble work. And the, and the people that I'm working on working with on this project are just some of the most inspiring uh, people that I've, mm. I've, I've ever worked with. And stepping into that mm. room, I was so nervous. I yeah. hadn't, you know, I hadn't done Shakespeare in English for 12 years and I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. felt like yeah. I'd, I'd come out of retirement. And then you hear, <laughs> you hear the people uh, around the room start reading. You hear um, uh, Gab, uh, Scawthorne, you know, the, the comedic timing just nailed within those first couple of runs, and, and Jacob Warner just really like those two guys just just 
making me laugh immediately. And Jane Montgomery, mm. you hear the practice and 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 the experience, and and the the the, the mastery that she has of this text. It was mm. just such a beautiful thing to work with. And then working with with Ella Prince as well on the movement and and yeah, as and Puck, yeah. as yeah. Puck, like uh, like mm. it's such a dream just working with these beautiful people. And then you, then you hear like the, like the technical brilliance from the training that Abby Lee Lewis and mm. and also mm. uh, Mike. Um, have with this text and, and what they bring mm-hmm. to these to these characters yeah. it's 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 such a, a joy and a pleasure and and then we get to the to the you know to the to working opposite opposite um the titania and working mm. with imogen and just the the care with which she crafts and and the detail with which she works in like yeah. i i learned so much working with this amazing crew of people and, and i'm i'm so blessed to be in this day and age to be able to make theatre and and you know I almost I I, I got teared up and and um, you know uh, knots in the back of my throat every day working on on Shakespeare like to be able mm. to get paid to mm. work on, on on Shakespeare and the first week to just nerd out on Shakespeare and just talk <laughs> about the characters and 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 the concepts behind it, it it's it re- it really is you know what 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 I've been missing I mean artistic direction was a fun thing. And I and and that was where my purpose was for for a decade, but finding this passion for acting has 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 um, reignited a lot of joy mm. and passion in my life, and I'm and I'm very very mm. thankful to Bill Shakespeare for having me. You're listening to Speak the Speech, the podcast from Bell Shakespeare. My guest today is Kyle Morrison. Kyle, cast your mind back now uh, to 2009. You get appointed as artistic director of Yiriyakin Theatre Company. Now, this is a company, it had been going since the early to mid-90s. Suddenly, you're in your 20s. You were, what, 27, 28 years old? 26. You get handed, 26 I was technically old, the youngest you know. artistic director in the company at the time, I think. In the country, that's right, you were. And, and you get handed the keys to this company. What... What on earth do you do with that responsibility that just gets landed on your shoulders? Well, I, I that's 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 that was. I, I don't know. I, I remember. <laughs> I, I didn't know at the time, and and basically, I just put the dreams forward, and and I really I applied for Yuri Yarkin as an exercise. I I, I I knew the job had come up. I'd spent some time. Um, working with with Angela Chaplin on on Shakespeare in the Park, yes. but also on a few mm-hmm. shows, and forever thankful to to that beautiful, awesome lady for all the knowledge that she imparted to me. Mm. I also worked with Wesley Enoch um, at Belvoir on Yibi Young. I worked Yibi Young. You were the assist, assistant director. Yeah. yeah, and I also was assistant director on a very brilliantly crafted Romeo and Juliet for Sydney Theatre Company, that was mm. crafted by Wayne Blair, and that was in two thousand and eight. Yep. So I I, mm-hmm. I came into Yuri Yarkin Theatre Company. And I also worked on a, 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 a contemporary piece, Female of the Species, with Tom Guttridge at Black Swan right. uh, Theatre Company. And so those four works really kind of gave me an idea of, of what I think an, uh, an Aboriginal theatre company should be, what Yuri Yarkin should be. And at the time, I inherited the company, uh, the majority of the funding that we had came from arts, uh, not from non-arts sources. So we mm. got a lot of uh, money from the Insurance Commission, uh, yeah. Healthway, um, which, you yeah, know, right. we still, uh, Yuri Yarkin still has strong um, 
ties to Healthway. But Yuri Arkin was seen at the time as as a as a kind of an outlet for health messages. It was it was it was oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was it was yeah. kind of community mm-hmm. theater with a strong message. And I had a different vision for the company. I wanted to create large scale works that inspired. Mm. I didn't mm. want to just inform because I think theater absolutely informs humanity. I, I, I didn't want to focus solely on that. I wanted to inspire. I wanted to replicate the feelings that I felt. When I was 11 years old, I saw a show called Brand New Day, which premiered uh, years before in Broome. What that did to me as, a, as an 11 and 12-year-old kid was it inspired me because I went in, we went into the theatre and we were all standing around, big mob of black fellas all standing around in the theatre just kind of looking at each other going, should we, should we be here? Well, you know, are, are we allowed mm. to be in this space? Is this space for mm. us? And then we went and saw the show. And then we came out, you see the total flip side of that. You see mm. all of these Aboriginal people from all over Western Australia walking with their heads really held high. Yeah. There was a yeah. feeling in that room which I'd never experienced as as a as a uh, as an Aboriginal person anywhere in the world. You know, sport couldn't couldn't achieve it. Um, the 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 strong and, and ancient traditional um, cultural um, ceremonies that I'd been a part of in the Pilbara didn't really achieve that because that that was that was that was the place for those. But here. It felt like we were we were we were we were claiming something that we were building something that there was something yeah. in the air that, that that couldn't be replicated anywhere else and so I wanted to capture that feeling I wanted to capture that feeling of walking out that theater into the lobby feeling prouder about my Aboriginality and myself than I'd ever had yeah. before and mm-hmm. so and that was a really that was a very clear feeling that I had and so in my in my first application I applied. And I, and I wanted to do, you know, I, I talked about classics. I talked about Blackfella classics and classics of the Aboriginal canon of theatre as well as Western classics. And in my third, yeah, in, right. in 2009, yeah. my application had a Noongar Shakespeare. It was Othello that I originally talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was because mm. I think the board understood that kind of story a little bit better and it sounded sure, sure. like like the right one to do. And so that was a part of, you know, my 2009 application as mm-hmm. well as Honey Spot, as well as things like Cake Man. I really wanted to, to, to acknowledge where we've come from but inspire yeah. what we could be in the future, inspire what could be what in terms of what Aboriginal theatre is because I think – you know, around that time at National Aboriginal Theatre Forums or National Indigenous Theatre Forums, um, there was still the conversation about what is Aboriginal theatre. And I really wanted yes. to kind of shift that landscape to yeah. be, you know, the answer is is, 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 is is self-evident. You know, it is whatever the Aboriginal people want to make. But for you, it, it's very specific as well, isn't it? I mean, it's Noongar theatre um, for Yuri Arkin, for example, and this idea of a kind of pan-Aboriginal culture mm. is reductive, Right? I, I agree. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's exactly right. I think I've I've banged on about this enough that you're really you know hearing me on that one. Is that I, I don't actually you know for the last uh, ten years I haven't really called myself Aboriginal or Indigenous. I'm Noongar. I come from a, a, you know a legacy and a, and a language system and a, and a knowledge system that's 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 thousands and tens and maybe hundreds of thousands of years old. And mm. so when 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 focusing on that lens or digging from that well to create contemporary theatre, I don't think that, that we need to, you know, focus on the Aboriginality of our theatre because there's a universality in how Noongar talk about 
life, how Noonga talk about consciousness and spirituality yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and our connections to country, our, our totemic yeah. systems, how, you know, the, the river is, 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 you know, so many multi-layered ideas of what river systems are, like the babbling brooks, but it's also, it's also the, the umbilical cord of, of, of our mm. country, which feeds the rest of our country, you know, and so there's mm. so many, um, knowledge systems and understandings that are contained within Noongar culture that I don't think we need to, we need to talk about, that I, that I need to talk about Aboriginality and to a degree I can't, I, I, I can't speak for any other language group, you know, I, I'm yeah, also, right. yeah. you know, my mother's mother and mother's 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 back to the dreaming is, is Yamaji and buddy my Yamaji. And so, you know, if we took, looked about uh, ethnicity or heritage, that that's where my 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 identity would be coming from. But I haven't spent any time on that country. I, I grew up mm-hmm. in Noongar country with with people like Ani Lynette Naku, um, who yeah. who really yeah. kind of guided, you know, my my growth as a theatre maker and also my strength and identity as a Noongar. And so, you know, mm. and I'm very very lucky for that. I'm very lucky that that in my in my heart and soul i can say that i'm i'm spiritually i'm and 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 culturally i'm a noongar man mm. and in saying that i can also you know right deep down in my heart and my soul i can say i am a shakespearean actor as well that yep. Yep, that absolutely. from the same legacy or the same kind of legacy that i get noongar culture western orthodox theater is, is also my culture as well yes and you found a way to marry those two sides of yourself absolutely perfectly with Hecate. Hecate was your idea. That's uh, You came up with it originally and then, of course, brought Kylie Bracknell and uh, Yuri Arkin and then Belle Shakespeare on board as well. But how did you bring those two sides of yourself together? What does Macbeth have to do with Noongar culture? I guess that's the question that we find in dramaturgy and that's where um, the, the team that we, we, we pulled around this project really, really built what this project was. Um, but every time I think about about Shakespeare, it always feels right. Whenever I talk the lines or, you know, it just feels right in my soul. It feels like it's it's a part of my culture and lots of people mm-hmm. would ask, why Shakespeare, Kyle? Why? Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and I, couldn't, I couldn't really identify that or... or, or acknowledge or answer that for a lot of years mm-hmm. i just kind of went it just feels right in my guts and and sometimes mm-hmm. you just gotta you gotta go with that because you yeah. know people a lot of people I've, i don't know how many times while i was on uh facebook or, or whatever people would ask me kyle would you like to comment on 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 how shakespeare is a colonizing influencer and i'm like yeah no yeah. okay no i'm not going i'm not going to go down that that's my culture you're talking about and it's <laughs> But I couldn't articulate that because it deep in my deep in my guts, Sophocles and Euripides and Shakespeare and Carol mm. Churchill and like you know yeah. all of these beautiful playwrights and 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 theatre makers. That's my culture as much as you know dancing the Sparrowhawk dance or or doing mm. the freshwater and saltwater dances that we do, you know, as part of Trevor Ryan's masters. It's 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 it, it, it really wasn't something that I could quantify. But don't you think all those things can exist all at once at the same time? You know, like Shakespeare is such a wonderful intrinsic part of all of our culture, yeah. but also a colonizing influence. And how do we kind of unpick that and 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 go inside that and, and tear it apart? How do we celebrate the parts of Shakespeare that are... Uh, universal that are speaking yeah. to what it is to be a human being, rather than focusing on the Shakespeare as this kind of you know, canon of of Western literature. I think both of those things do exist inside Shakespeare, Agreed. but it's uh, where you you 
you want to put your focus, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, named Matt Edgerton, who's a brilliant director and a Shakespeare nut just as much mm. as me. And we like to just sit down in Perth and just kind of nerd out on Shakespeare sometimes. True. And he, he was <laughs> directing uh, The Tempest, which I think is happening a bit later uh, for Black Swan Theatre Company. Yeah, and yeah, so he's directing yeah. that and that, that's coming up soon. But we talked about, um, um, you know, the, the idea of exploration and, and you know, we, we disagree on, 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 a, on, a, on a number of different ideas around, mm. you know, post-industrial Shakespeare. And, you know, does Shakespeare come from from very, you know, from the capitalist and, and colonial model? And I'm kind of arguing, well, it feels like, you know, Shakespeare is talking about and comes from a time pre-industrialization. So, you know, the, the kind mm. of colonial um, ideas and the colonization of, of Shakespeare kind of uh, within the stories exist in a time before that. And so, mm. it, and, 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 and we talk about um, how, you know, Shakespeare has we've inherited it over the last 500 years has come through a full time of, of colonization, of, of capital growth, of industrialization. So yeah. it's hard to look at Shakespeare outside of that lens. Yeah. So in that sense, Shakespeare itself has been appropriated then by those forces. So, so I agree. if you see Shakespeare as sitting outside of that, it has then been appropriated by Western civilization as, okay, he, here is, this is what our culture is and, yeah. and you must all conform to this. Whereas in fact, it's so much bigger and, and broader than that. I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, in the last... 300 years and, and and I think you can talk much better to to the kind of history of 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 how Shakespeare has evolved but it kind of you know Shakespeare was felt like it was originally written for the people there and for that time mm. and place and it was yeah, and it was and yeah. it was for a lot more than the upper middle class and I think that's mm. in a way has mm. been usurped and and, and and it's become this 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 idea of, of colonialism where where mm. this this refined idea of of gentry or or this this upper middle-class European identity is kind of, yeah. you know, involved with and entwined with Shakespeare. And I think, you know, decolonizing Shakespeare and taking it away from this idea of, of the privileged and giving it back to the people is something that I'm very passionate about. Absolutely. And something that Shakespeare, I'm sure, would be very excited about himself. You know, so, so then in that way, Hecate actually brings Shakespeare in many ways back more to its roots about being about the people connecting with yeah. the community that it's talking to. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 in 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 deciding on on um on the Scottish play, I remember talking when I was about fifteen. You know, having one of those having one of those those chats that you have when you're just outside of, you know, when you're heading into into acting, and you know, you kind of go, I want to do this dark black <laughs> Macbeth, Black Beth, or Macbeth, or whatever you want to call it. And we just really, <laughs> and I wanted to kind of explore the dark themes within that. And and yeah. as I got older, I realised, you know, in a Nungar paradigm that, that 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 darkness isn't evil and darkness, you know, isn't something to be feared, but something to be learned right. from and to be aware of and and mm. and something mm. to 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 navigate to to you know to yeah, to, yeah. to focus on the light of the world. And mm. and I love the magic within Macbeth and, and and the subtle but strong undercurrents of 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 that magic being there the whole time of 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 um the, the three uh, weird sisters having prophetic um, or, or suggestive influences. And, and this is still yeah. debatable on whether whether Macbeth would have done all these ideas and 
went through if it with hadn't this. been for them yeah. and that's what mm-hmm. I love about uh, Macbeth specifically mm-hmm. and and so we you know we, we came together and we we, we met um, well originally I remember we were talking about this with Bell I, I pitched this idea to Bell at the same time I, I was talking about our junior sonneteers program which yeah. where we taught the the Noongar, uh sonnets which Kylie Bracknell I, I don't I don't know how to thank this human enough for all, all that I've been a part of but the, her ability to create Noongar sonnets based on mm. the Shakespeare sonnets and they are true sonnets in their form and 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 their yeah. process and they're just some of the most beautiful um, poetry that I've ever been a part of and so mm. teaching those those poems to to whole classes that are half Noongar and half not Noongar and and yeah. so you know yeah. making sure that 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 this culture as we decolonize it as we give it back to the people we can try and give it back to as many people as we can yeah, and yeah. so I remember yeah. we were talking and I got invited to talk on Q&A about Shakespeare and about language and about, yep. you know, mainly mm-hmm. probably people wanted to, you know, wanted to talk about Shakespeare's colonising influences. Unfortunately, I was in Israel at the time dancing. I was a contemporary dancer for the Israel <laughs> uh, Choreographers Association. So I was dancing sure. in Israel. So I handballed that over to Kylie Bracknell and I, and I, and I, I don't know how – but we were able to get Kate Mulvaney on that panel as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if Kate was, was going to be yeah. there or, or just how that worked out because I was trying to get Kate Mulvaney, the amazing Kate Mulvaney, and the exquisite Kylie Bracknell into a room together to just nerd out about Shakespeare, to just, <laughs> to just get them inspired because I knew that once they clicked – that's half of the work in a lot of ways. As yeah. a director, mm. putting your team together is, is, is vital to any process and any project. And so once we had the idea of Kylie uh, working on the text and, and adapting the text with Kate Mulvaney as her dramaturg and then mm. uh, myself, you, James, and Peter Evans would, would support that and, and to be able to, to, to open mm. that up. And I remember the day that we were sitting mm. in the rehearsal room at The Rocks, the same room that we, we created Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. And, it yep. was, and, and Kylie came in a little bit late. Uh, we, were, you know, we were talking about how, how we saw the play, us three men, and talking about how, how you know, Macbeth is about this and this and this. And then uh, <laughs> because the day before, Kylie asked, um, so why does Hecate get cut so much from, from – many retellings yeah, so yeah. why isn't Hecate so more important than, 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 than should be and, and us three men kind of looked at each other I don't know but anyway we moved on to, to what, it's, <laughs> you know, what it means to be men in this society and all of this and, and Kylie just kind of goes but you, you, she's, so she's the boss of the, the, the weird sisters and the weird yeah, sisters right, are the yeah. boss of the country so how, how mm. do you cut her and mm. I, I wasn't <laughs> hearing her at the time but the next day she comes in the room and she goes this play is all about Hecate this play is wow, called Hecate yeah. And yeah, we just kind yeah. of stopped and I just I, – I, I threw my hands up in the air. Oh, whatever. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> but the more I listened, the more that Kylie talked about, you know, because Kylie has, has an understanding of Noongar culture that, that far exceeds um, my understandings. And, and, and she's had much better teachers, much stronger connection to the old knowledge through the old people that she right, grew up right. around. So her understanding mm-hmm. of, of the femininity of, of Noongar spirituality and culture and knowledge systems – really mm. kind of guided the show into this into this world where where it's all about Hecate and mm. and Hecate's wishes aren't really fulfilled because the next level behind her the weird sisters yeah. aren't getting yeah. her intentions right and then what they give to the land isn't got right either by 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 you know Macbeth and then mm. it's it's mm. it's it, it it really kind of challenged my ideas about what that play was about and so yeah of course Hearing Kylie talk about how 
how this play revolves around these this one moment. I mean, Hecate's not in that play very much, but it came became all about that. And Kylie starts, mm. even starts, or she has a, a, a moment within the text where she adapted the Seven Age of Man speech, um, That's all the right. world's yeah. a stage. Yeah. And, and there's, in, there's yeah. moments of, of that text trans, uh, adapted into Noongar, which then were cut into the play. So she rewrote this play. She made this play her own. And, mm. and, and I think Kate Mulvaney was going, do it, do it, do it. You know, you, you, yeah, you, you cut it the way yeah. you need to. And mm. so... It was a, it was a couple of months after that that we that I just kind of threw my hands up and said I can't direct this play I don't know what this play is I don't know I, I don't know what you're trying to get out here and and that was when you know we realised that Kylie's the right director with the support that she's yeah. got from Bell Shakespeare and I, and I stepped right back from the play then once once you know I knew I wasn't the right director and I wanted to play you know the, the Scottish King as you do as an mm. actor who doesn't want to play the Scottish King yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then I hand and basically just handed it all over to Kylie because. Or, or or she took it off me. I don't know. Which I I, I don't know if you know. It's, it's six of one, half a dozen another. A <laughs> little another, bit of each, I think. A little bit of each because she was the right director for the play, and you've got to. And and this is one of those processes as a creative that you've got to be ready to kind of stand where you need to stand and be where you need to be for any creative yep. process. And 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 that was a huge life lesson to hand over a, a, an image and a production and a dream that I've had since I was a teenager. And just mm. let go of it all and just totally just mm. just mm. give up all of my dreams and ideas for it for a mm. while until I could get back in the room and start working on it. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that I did because what we created with with, with the team that, that Kylie then built around herself was was far beyond anything that I could have created as a, as a director. Well, that's amazing that you can acknowledge that, but also, you, you know, you got to be a performer on stage um, with that. The show swept the WA uh, Performing Arts WA Awards, I think it won like nine or 11 awards, something extraordinary uh, this year. And I'm sure it's going to have a life of its own as it goes on. There's interest for it to come to various festivals and to go overseas and all sorts of things. So this project so. is going to have a life uh, well beyond even mm. the festival last year. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it, one of the beautiful things is I, I got to sing songs in Noongar. And so, mm, um, yeah. and, and one of the beautiful songs, Boki Jabo Binar, was actually Kylie took that as a love song. Um, what light yon the window breaks was her influence mm. for for that for that song, yeah. and so she she really kind of borrowed some of these ideas to create this idea for Malcolm and our female fleance to find a connection, which then was the legacy of the play, and yeah, and yeah, making yeah. fleance yeah. A, a, a young woman who was inheriting Hecate's power was. You know, it, it sounds really weird if you know Macbeth, you know, quite well how that could work. But seeing that on stage worked really brilliantly. And I got to play one of my favourite characters in the end, which is Lennox. I know it's it's Lennox yeah. in Macbeth is, is, is one of, I, is I one of my favourite characters in all of it. I know you love Lennox. Uh, I, you're the only person who I've ever heard who's, who said that Lennox is one of his favourite characters. But, you know, you've got, a, you've got a connection with that character. Lennox uh, reports on what's going on. He's, he's connected to the community. I think that's great. Hey, um, before we go to our final segment, yeah. is there a chance that you can sing us a little bit of one of those songs that you guys did in Hecate? Okay. I'll sing uh Jabo Benar, which is the love song or the song that yeah, – because in, in the play, you know, the Malcolm and Macduff moment, the, the moment where mm. Macduff comes to Malcolm basically saying and testing Malcolm 
And so instead of going through the whole um, idea of I'm a, I'm going to be a crap king and I'm going to be worse than everybody, oh, yes. my, then my land is doomed, mm-hmm. Macduff acknowledges the presence, then just turns to the audience and sings this song that Malcolm knows. And Malcolm knows that Macduff is true because only a few people know that song because that was taught mm. by King Duncan. So it was a song mm. that is that is that is strong within the family, but also only the right certain people have know uh, know this song. And the fact mm. that Macduff could sing this song convinced Malcolm that everything is fine. And then Lennox yeah. comes in and ruins the whole moment, which was which yep. was my favorite yep. thing in the whole play. It was just you know. Had this beautiful moment on stage, and then I come in as a semi-villain, going, "Oh, oh, help me!" And then I almost got throttled by Ian Wilkes, who's who's much bigger and stronger than me. <laughs> but this is Bokija Bolbinar is is that is that light over there? Kariba Beert Warlock Al Warlock Al Bamin, softly treading a path across the sky. Jinda Balap Kanagul, Jinda Star, Jinda, you are beautiful. Mm. And we're waiting for the sound to come through. Uh, and then love, Maragin is, is Marong is, is love or, you know, Nungas would use that word, hey, being Marong, hey, Marong for her, hey, you know, like we use that word as, a, as someone who's, who's got interest in somebody, um, but Marong mm. is, is love. So I'm going to sing that one. Bokichabobina Karebabirt Walakalbamin Jinda Balap Kanago Kormayawab Mardangin Quadjet Mardang Bokitabobina Kareba Beard Walakalbamin Jinda Balap Kanago Kormayawab Mardang in quadjet mardang. Beautiful, Kyle. Thank you so much. Before we wrap it up here today, though, we've got the final five. I need five quick answers to five quick questions. Here we go. Number one, Kyle, are you the lover, the villain, or the fool? Villain. <laughs> I want to I play villains. I like the villains so much. <laughs> that was quick. Kyle, what is your most underrated Shakespeare play? Oh, as you like it. I'm going to just, you know, we, we've talked about mm. it. I, I don't think mm. it's, I don't think it's explored enough. I think Kenneth Brenner's version was very beautiful, but I just think, you know, with the, with the, with the movements that are happening today, I just think that would be something really fun to, to explore right. again. And Seven Ages of sure. Man Speech. Come on. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's my favorite really. Who is a favorite artist you'd love to work with who you haven't worked with already? Kenneth Brenner. Like I'm oh, yeah, gonna just sure. shoot Why up not? there Why and just kind of go, yeah. the the man. You know, <laughs> I, I've I've got Henry V on DVD. I've you know I've got <laughs> Othello on DVD. I've seen him play Iago. I, I loved. You know, he also played. You know, somebody that was that was very close to to my heritage in in um in Rabbit Proof Fence. He played. You know, so I just think Kenneth Brenner is an amazing artist, and and the mm. way that he approaches Shakespeare is just is it's 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 it's, it's you know it's Helen Mirren good. Great. Great, great. What is your dream Shakespeare role you'd love to play? Iago. Iago yeah, is, is and I know I said the villain, but Touchstone. Touchstone would be a really oh, yeah. good one yeah. as well. 
the because form. I mean yeah. you said earlier, oh, I'm not funny, I'm not funny. Which, by the way, come on, Kyle. Because I mean, you played one of the mischief makers, which is mm-hmm. what you guys called the <laughs> the the three weird sisters in yeah. Hecate, and you were hilarious. You were you brought the house down. So let's just put that out there. You're good at the fool and the comic characters as well. Well, I'm definitely uh, not the finally, lover then, <laughs> <laughs> and the lover probably. Uh, and finally, if I'm so lost without you. <laughs> If you weren't an actor or a director, what would you be doing? Uh, probably teaching kids. Probably inspiring yeah. kids to be the best versions of themselves that they can be and and um, helping the health of, of spirituality and mental health. Um, I actually thought when I, when I was, you know, um, transitioning between artistic director and a big, huge burnout, I honestly f- um, thought I was going to go and be a school chaplain. Oh, yeah, Being yeah. very spiritual yep. and someone mm-hmm. who loves God to to kind of mm-hmm. be a, a chaplain yeah. at a school that would be that would be cool a school okay. chaplain I'm going to say that Kyle what a pleasure to talk to you today thanks so much for joining me here on Speak the Speech thank you my WA brother I really appreciate <laughs> all of your work and all of your your love and passion for this for our culture and um, uh, it's also good to kind of share this spotlight with another WA boy Oh, Kyle I love you mate love you <laughs> you too brother. Bell Shakespeare is Australia's national Shakespeare company. We perform in theatres and schools in every state and territory. If you'd like to support our work or to learn more about what we do, please visit bellshakespeare.com.au. Speak the Speech is produced by Bell Shakespeare and edited by Camillo Zanoni. Be sure to follow at Bell Shakespeare on social media and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the Speak the Speech podcast through your listening platform.